fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 377 yeah bopping away as usual that theme never gets tired does it never nope Somebody did say the other week, why have you guys not changed up your, your theme tune in a while? Oh. Your version of your intro. I said, because I didn't want to. Well, we used to have one that was about 10 <laughs> minutes long, didn't we? They had all the, <clears throat> all the oh. quotes in it. <laughs> Remember that? The classic years. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> How many themes have we had? Uh, Three, four? I was going to say, it's, it's, that made it sound like we switch it around all the time. We don't. I think we've, mm. this is theme number three, I think. So yeah. we, the first couple of years that we were doing it um we had a version of murray gold's intro from series four i think it was you know it had a bit more of a driving sort of feel to it with some guitar and drums and stuff that's it yeah and yeah. then we went over to the long one that you mentioned um <laughs> which got even longer because then we had to add in up more doctors yeah i was going to say so that wasn't that was kind of two versions but the same thing it was just tweaked to include um jodie whittaker and stuff like that yeah, and I were on this one, so yeah, I mean that old one was uh, that was really long because we had to sit through all the <laughs> like thirteen worth uh, quotes, didn't we? And it was kind of cool, though. It was kind of cool. I think we yeah. we figured after the timeless child, if we were going to add in every doctor, it'd be like a forty-five minute <laughs> intro. <laughs> so we would just forget the quotes yeah. and just get straight into it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like this one though. It's it's um it's cool. Yeah, somebody asked me on our Discord server the other day where I got it from. And uh, I can't remember the um, the exact name of the file itself, but there's a really mm. cool website called uh, something to do with. It's basically a fan made remix of the um, of the, the actual theme, um, and the website is called uh, Whomix. So Whomix dot dot net, if that means anything. Right. And there's literally about two hundred variations of different remixes and f- fan fan made ones and stuff it's very cool yeah sweet yeah it's very cool anyway welcome to 377 i hope you are all having a, a cracking week we hope you've uh, you're all good and that you've managed to do something doctor, doctor who related related ah oh. gotcha <laughs> it was fun last night dude we got together with the team or well, some of the team didn't when we had harry yeah. and maria and matt and uh, we did the round table for february which is very cool so i hope you guys enjoyed that that landed last night and we spoke about um uh, weirdly we got onto the subject of talking about the doctor's outfits quite a lot because mm. um the main theme was uh the theme of the episode or the round table was uh, we've all seen uh, the set picks and shooties one of his alternative outfits and stuff that you and I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. So we wanted to get the views from the team about what they think and what we're looking forward to in the specials and whatnot. And uh, we got into quite a lot of detail about Shooty's outfit and that led on to, well, what about this doctor? Did he change his outfit? I can't remember. And then, well, that one certainly did. And, you know, it was, it was very cool to um 
to be very geeky about the Doctor's costumes versus outfits, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> We're just discussing which Doctors are stinky, which Doctors never change their outfit, and which ones do. Who's <laughs> <laughs> got the smelliest cardigan? Yeah, the, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. That was very cool. Yes, and, it was. It's uh, great to get together those guys. Yes, uh, apart from January, which was really busy for mm. for everybody, which is why we couldn't record. We do those once a month, so we just grab the team, pick a pick a topic, and um, and we just dive in and be a bit geeky about Doctor Who. So um, yeah, keep your ears your ears peeled, your ears <laughs> to the ground, your eyes peeled <laughs> <laughs> for those. <laughs> uh, which is a convenient little segue into making sure that you are subscribing to this very podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Smooth. Smooth. That way you won't miss an episode. Uh, so Adam and I, we record every week. That goes out every Friday and then the roundtable once a month. You won't miss those if you're subscribing or following. And you can also listen for free in your browser, which is over at Big Blue Box Podcast at Cardiff UK. And while you're there, you can read the, uh, the very cool articles and reviews from those guys. Uh, they do loads of reviews, loads of big finish stuff reviewing all the big finish things and uh editorial pieces and yeah i think harry's just about to post up his um his continuation of his who marathon that he's going through and everything so it's really cool really cool stuff uh we're on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links on the website connect with us as we chat doctor who throughout the week and we have a very cool free discord server there's a link on the website hop in there and chat Doctor Who with lots of other very cool Who fans. And don't forget to remember mm-hmm. to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube. <laughs> it is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. The Geek's Handbag, yes. Yeah. So, so I've got some <laughs> nice uh, views for my Android location video, which I dug up. Um, I couldn't remember how old that was, actually. I knew it was a few years ago, but I think it was about eight years ago that I went there. But um, it's quite fun to go back and rewatch that and see my editing style and how it changed and stuff but yes yeah, so yeah it's nice to see people checking that out yeah i saw you posting that i jumped straight on it and watched it again it's um some of those old videos that you did did are so cool i'm not saying the new ones aren't cool i'm just saying it's a bit of a nostalgia oh totally uh, trip to go down and watch your really old old ones they're very cool and yeah. i'd forgotten i'd put the outtakes at the end it was mm-hmm. cool for me as well because i rewatched it and i forgot i was like oh yeah i put these little outtakes <laughs> at the end of me and john who, who made the video and um, I've sadly lost the files for those outtakes. It's the only place I've got them, right, uh, right. if you know what I mean. I, I had a terabyte that had all my stuff on it, and I tripped over it, and it, it's never worked since. So I lost a lot of my early videos um, in terms of the raw files that I used to have to edit. And uh, so, yes, it's good that it's preserved on there mm-hmm. um, to, to watch. So that's cool. Very cool. Yes. Yeah. So if you haven't checked out Adam's channel yet, go and grab a coffee, grab a cup of tea, whatever whatever floats your boat get comfy and check out that stuff the geeks handbag and adam's on the socials too under the same name so connect with him and chat all the things not just doctor who you know oh no no he uh he uh he brings in a bit of blake seven now and then some some cinema on the spot reviews and some other bits yeah very cool (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that because i went to see ant-man the other night and um my partner said are you gonna do a, a review of it one of your video reviews and i said I, I haven't done an on-the-spot review yeah. for years. <laughs> I used to love doing them. I did basically just coming out of the cinema and giving my initial reaction. I used to love doing them. Um, but for whatever reason, I haven't done one for years. But yeah, I, I haven't done one for Ant-Man. <laughs> it would have been one. short and sweet. Rubbish. Rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all right. It was all right. Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyways, um, what was I going to say? Yes, just to go and check out Adam's stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. 
Uh, right. It's been a really quiet week for yeah. every everybody concerned. You and I have done nothing new Doctor Who related. I'm afraid not. No, it's been a quiet week so far, and there's no news as well. Did a bit of research last night and this morning, having a scope around. And, um, yeah, the only thing I could find was uh, a very quick little thing where uh, Jodie had had a, a very cool time at whatever convention she was at recently with some of the classic. Oh, was it Galley actors. 1? Uh, over in she Chicago. Galley 1? Yes, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently that was very cool. And we still have to go there one day, dude. It's Mate, some still. of the cosplay, I mean, we always say this, but the American cosplay is just amazing. I saw some great pictures from Galley 1 and I was very, very jealous. I have to say, we definitely have to do that one year. It looks uh, incredible. Yes. Yeah, I think um, Chibnall was there, wasn't he? It, was this, was it, it must be his first con, is it? His first one, yeah. Yeah, very so he surprising. was there on stage, dishing the, dishing mm-hmm. the dirt, giving <laughs> the goss. Yeah, so the people that run Galley, we know you mm. listen, of course. If you want us to come over and host any panels... Do any any of that stuff? Just let us know. We'll be on a plane immediately. <laughs> it's a good shout. Yeah, we'll do it. No worries. Mm. Right. No news. Nothing going on. We might as well dive straight into our review, bud. So, what have we got this week? Yes, let's let's put our invisibility cloaks on and uh, dive into Planet of the Daleks. There is a beam, a figure from another planet who came to Skara in something called a TARDIS. <laughs> life form? Oh, yeah. Thirty years of travelling through time and who should appear to disappear from your screens? Doctor Who and the Daleks tonight at 7.30 on BBC One. They are to be exterminated! <laughs> <I> love, <laughs> oh, dude, I love those old TV trailers, man. Very yes. prim and proper BBC voice there, wasn't it? Good, good evening and welcome to BBC One. So good. Yeah. That is, we're talking about nostalgia and stuff, but that is mm. a real nostalgic hit, that is. Yeah. Because I remember seeing those, uh, just watching other random stuff, like my mum just, you know, watching the TV for a, a few hours in the evening and watching that stuff. Not even a clue back then what Doctor Who was about mm. or anything like that, but just seeing those, ah, oh, so good. Mm. And uh, right, Planets of the Daleks. Uh, this was first, it's a six-parter. The first episode went out on the 7th of April, 1973, and it finished up on the 12th of May. It was written by Terry Nation, directed by David Maloney, overseen by Terence Dix. Stars John Pertwee as the third Doctor, Katie Manning as Joe Grant, and then uh, about five or six human uh, supporting cast members, and then a bunch of Daleks, of course. And the synopsis mm-hmm. for this one is so funny. It's really short and sweet. It just says... Arriving on Spyridon, the third Doctor and Joe encounter a Thal group, but the Daleks are here, and this time they're invisible. And <laughs> <laughs> that's your lot. Yeah. So, dude, whipping off the invisibility cloak to reveal mm-hmm. the, the nuts and bolts of the story. What did you think to this one? Yeah. Uh, so, Planet of the Daleks, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, it, I found it a bit of a slog, if I'm going to be honest. It's, it's, I didn't dislike it by any means. I found there's some really nice moments in it and I did enjoy the beginning I thought it starts off quite well with all the stuff <laughs> and so I'm laughing already because I just can't get over the Ikea <laughs> cabinet that has appeared in the TARDIS in episode one <laughs> it's just so <laughs> random um, but no I, I I don't dislike this one mate but I don't love it either right. I think it's way too padded I think it's a very typical paint by numbers Terry Nation script 
Um, it just feels like a bit of a repeat of stuff we've seen so many times with Daleks. So I don't mind it. It has got some very nice moments, I will say that. And I think the cast generally are pretty good. Um, but yeah, by about even episode three or four, I start to get a little bit bored i mean uh, so after we recorded the round table i was like I had two episodes left to watch i put on episode five and i was really getting like come on it, it, you know even though it's suddenly because it's very studio bound um there's only a tiny bit of location footage in it which is the bit in the quarry with the dalek and i think that is episode five actually so that kind of woke me up a little bit because it was nice to get out of that brightly lit studio that we'd been in for four episodes but yeah i don't know mate. it's it's not one of my favorite dalek stories i think it has good moments um which we'll go into but overall i find it a bit of a slog um it's way too long and yeah it just loses my interest pretty quickly unfortunately once we sort of get introduced to the characters by the end of episode two there's some good stuff been you know a bit like the world that they're on and that's quite interesting with all the plants there's some nice ideas thrown in in the first two episodes but i do find after that it gets very boring and the the daleks look absolutely battered they look terrible under those studio lights it's it's really not a good dalek story in in a lot of senses because they don't look good they don't really do much um they get defeated and pushed around quite easily so i don't think it's a particularly good dalek story but yeah the 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 actual Dalek props look absolutely terrible under the studio lights, don't they? The way they're shot as well. Uh, it's just something about the direction and that in this story, which is very... I think it's David Maloney, isn't it, who's directed it? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and I like David Maloney, so I'm sorry to say that, but it's very... Uh, I don't know. I find the direction very flat in it, considering it's a Dalek story. It should be exciting and they should look good on screen, and they absolutely don't. Um, oh, and, yeah, and then we introduce the... Supreme Dalek in episode six, I think. I'd forgotten he's even in it when he when he rolls out of the of the big pudding spaceship. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot he was it. Why is he in? He should have been brought in much earlier because, you know, why does he just rock up in the last episode and does nothing? Just then chases them through the forest at the end. You know. So yeah, I don't know. I find this a bit hard going, mate. To be honest, but I did. I sound like I really don't like. It. I did like it. But I was also glad when I finished it. I thought, yeah, that's that's okay. <laughs> you know, I was I was getting bored, quite frankly, by I'll the end of it. I'll I was glad glad when it wrapped up. Mm -hmm. I read you. Yes. So my thoughts are similar to yours, bud. Oh, okay. Yep. I think. Do you know what? It started off really cool for me. It does. Yeah, and it's almost got that. Um, what's the. Uh, what am, I, what am I trying to say here? It's it's almost got like an iconic look and feel to it to begin with. You know when you see um, when you see other iconic pieces of sci-fi, and it's not so much like the main character that that makes it iconic. It's more of a cult thing where it's like uh, a, a particular spacecraft in something, or a spacesuit, or a weapon, or something like that. For mm. me, it's the it's the beige. It sounds sounds beige but it's the beige spacesuits that they wear and the um and the the bright red plastic bombs and stuff yeah um <laughs> it's got that real it, it has the the potential to be a really iconic well-remembered piece of doctor who for those reasons it's got some really cool uh, design stuff going on yeah and the first couple of episodes really really get into the story quite quickly it's very cool 
And even for its time, some of the effects are pretty sweet as well, like the invisibility stuff, although it's, of course, of its time. Mm. There isn't that big... Like in some stories where they've used a large amount of blue screen and they've tried to composite the two shots together, you end up with this really horrid fuzzy outline around everything you know and it does do that a couple of times especially at the end or near the end Uh, like you said with the pudding (laughs) ship (laughs) that comes down and the 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 steps that come down and stuff you know that's all blue screen and stuff like that but Mm. the bits where um when joe gets rescued and the the invisible dude that's walking around the ship and you can see like stuff floating in the air and then a bit later on where he's like mixing this potion between two bowls to help joe's infection on her arm oh yeah that's all done really well like Mm. it's cut out quite nicely and it looks so yeah there's some really cool stuff in those first couple of episodes that um that that just are really enjoyable to watch and it has that really nice classic feel to it and then there's some really good miniature work as well like there's a bit where if there's a few shots where the doctor peers through this gap in the rock and he sees this cavern like full of daleks like a dalek army ready to Mm. to rock and roll you know that looks really good and you know it's really cool but then the story sort of falls away from itself a little bit as you get through series um episode three sorry and you start to get the feeling like right okay there's a good concept here and there's a good story but there's just not enough to fill six episodes worth of stuff because you have a little bit of capture and evade you have a little bit of investigative work where the doctor's like okay um we've figured out that the the dalek army has actually been uh, kept at sort of below zero so that they're in sort of suspended animation ready to to be thawed out and and take over the planet when needed so the crux of the story becomes we need to stop the daleks but we cannot harm the refrigeration unit because if that yeah. goes the daleks wake up blah 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 it's all done so that that draws you in a little bit more, but then nothing really happens after that. And it's not until the end when they strategically place the bomb, and they flood, they flood everything with the molten ice, as they call it. You know, there's a volcano yes. with molten ice and stuff. And that's cool. So the ending is a little bit rushed and, you know, it wraps up kind of cool at the end. But yeah, it just, the story sort of, I don't know. Um, it, 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 I, I find myself reaching my, for my phone in this one. I, I was as Did well. You? I yeah. hate to say it because I tried yeah. hard not to, but I, I was exactly like that. And I think, I know we all, always say this, or we often say this with six parts, that, oh, it would have made a great four-parter. I do feel like this would have absolutely been quite a nice four-parter. I think if you cut out the padding, and that's what I meant by Paint by Numbers, Terry Nation, you can absolutely tell that he's got quite a good little story. Like, when you read the Wikipedia, like the full plot, on Wikipedia, it actually sounds quite exciting. So mm. the book, for example, might be pretty good. It's actually quite a nice little story that he's got, even though it's a little bit unoriginal. But the problem is, because it is stretched to six episodes, um, Terry Nation just has this way of just throwing in stuff to pad those episodes. Like, I know, right, we need to stretch this another 10 minutes. Let's put some bombs in there. And, um, you know, like in the Daleks, he'll introduce a random swamp creature to take up 10 minutes. And you can just sort of see where he's just throwing random stuff in to pad the episode. Another 10 minutes. Like the, the scene where they're hiding from the eyes. Uh, I mean, there's something about that I love. You know, the eyes in the dark. Yes. There's a yeah. whole bit where they're like, <laughs> the doctor's shooting them away with a, a, a stick with some fire on it. Those eyes that are lighting up. I mean, that is so of its time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, the static but I kind of loved that yeah. actually. But I mean, it, it is total padding. You know, it's mm. it's ten minutes of padding. So that's what I mean. It, I know it's very cliche to say, but it it would have made a would have definitely benefited from being a full parter. And I think I would have enjoyed it a hell of a lot more because two of the episodes, the first two, I really did enjoy. I thought, yeah, this is quite a nice little setup, and I'm liking the characters and the Thals are back. That's quite interesting and. There was good stuff going on for those first two. And like you said, it's got a fairly good ending, although it wraps up quickly. Uh, you get the Supreme Dalek come in. So if you cut out all that middle stuff, you've actually got a fairly good story in there. Yeah. Um, so I know it's cliche to say, but it would definitely would have been a much better four-parter. It would have been good, actually, I think. I think I would have liked it a lot more. Yeah, no, I agree, dude. <clears throat> yeah, and it's um, you touched on it earlier. But it's, um, it's not really an, a, a hugely original story. No, you really. know, because, um, well, although it's, yeah, we're big fans of Terry Nation, of course, but there are times when you feel <clears> like, <throat> it's like a one trick pony at times, unfortunately, yeah. it's like Terry Nation's going to write a script <clears throat> for, for Doctor Who, of course, his go to <clears throat> is going to be the Daleks. Or it radiation. Just, or radiation. Yeah. <laughs> he loves radiation. Yeah. So <clears throat> it would have been nice. I mean, he hadn't he hadn't written anything for Doctor Who since the mid sixties at this point. So he was coming back right. to 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 pen a uh, a new Doctor Who story. So yeah, there was. You would have hoped at the time that he would have picked something completely new. You know, a non Dalek story and stuff. And because this could have worked with any any sort of new thought up alien or monster on that planet you know it wouldn't have to be the daleks it just happened to be because um that's just what terry nation that's his comfort zone i guess yeah. um but what does make the story kind of cool though is the human element to it and i really liked that the the there was a real um ground the, the, they were grounded to me the human characters in a mm-hmm. way that there was a little bit of emotional ties there so there was another group that landed on the planet as a a bit of a rescue mission i guess and the um the the woman that that arrives uh rebecca i think her name was played by jane howe she um she was emotionally connected to to uh to taron right bernard uh so you can see that there's a little bit of it's not just uh the daleks against the humans and that's it so that there's a, a nice scene where yeah, they're having a conversation. He's like, "Look, I wish you hadn't have come because mm. we've, uh, you know, you're you're going to complicate matters. Basically, if I have to make decisions about what we do, that could end up with us being killed. I think what he's trying to get at was it's like a it's a burden to him because he doesn't want to send anybody to their death. Obviously, yeah, and especially not her. Especially not, a little yeah. bit of uh, something going on there. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff going on, and then there's mm. a really cool scene, really lovely. So actually, there's a, there's a few really to give. Um, Terry Nation is due. There are a few very lovely written scenes. That's one mm-hmm. of them. The other one is when um, Joe uh, gets a little bit friendly with. Um, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. She uh, gets a little bit friendly with um, who is it? Which one of the characters is it? Is it uh, uh, I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget, and I can't see it now. It's um, Latep. Latep, that's yeah, it. Yeah, Latep, a little bit of a spark. Though. Yeah, and um, 
there's a bit where just before the end where he's like says to the doctor i've asked joe to come with me to scaro and you know the yeah. doctor's like that's what she wants you know it's all good and she refuses yeah. anyway but uh before that um he had said to he had said to joe since they've been on that planet they've always been under the the assumption that it's been a bit of a suicide mission and that they were never going to get home mm. so that's kind of governed how they've handled the daleks in the past and their previous missions and stuff and because of that they've always fought like they've had nothing to lose mm. so now he's met joe and he's sort of fallen for a little mm. bit he's like but now i've found something else that i've that's worth fighting for and it's a bit of a it, it sounds cheesy saying it but it's really mm. it was really nice the way that those who had that little moment and you can tell that she liked him back yeah. but you know it just wasn't you know the one that got away i guess what? in from his point of view but I think she made the right decision not to go to Scar. Though yeah. I can't imagine it's the the funnest place to to go and get married and live out a life. You know, it looks a bit bleak from the other stories. Let's put it that way. It does, yeah. yeah. And then the other scene that's really nice is just after that, actually, where the Doctor's having a conversation with Taron. That's where they've defeated the Daleks, mm-hmm. and uh, well, they've managed to sort of bury the Daleks, and uh, and they they're going to hijack the, the the pudding ship and they're going to go back to scaro yeah. and the doctor says look when you get back you guys are probably going to be recognized as heroes and stuff but just do me a favor make sure that you essentially he says make sure that you tell this story with humility and with compassion because the thals you guys have got a history of being really peaceful so <clears throat> to not incite coming back and not incite war or any more fighting try and tell the story and especially the ones that you lost here um and it's a really lovely moment and the and john pertsey's playing that so sincerely and um and bernard horfsaw's got this you can tell that that moment between the two actors was really cool because he doesn't they don't break eye contact and then it's not until the end of it when bernard horfsaw has that nice little smile of recognition on his face and understanding yeah. of what the doctor's telling him and then a handshake and off they go and so although the story and the script is nothing new there are a few scenes littered throughout that are really nice and you can tell that terry nation's writing this with a sense of or wrote this story with a sense of real compassion for things because one of the uh and just lastly on that subject one of the um the spyrodons one of the invisible peeps who helps Joe has a real, you, you really sense that he cares for saving mm. this random human. So he helps her. And then later on, when he <laughs> pops up, <laughs> Dr. Nelly pops him on over the head. She like jumps to his defense and he's like, no, 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 this, mm. you know, he's here to help. And then he sacrifices himself. And so, yeah, unoriginal in terms of scope and, and, and that stuff, but some very, very nice scenes that had me yeah not i wouldn't say choking up but just had me feeling like yeah this is this is what doctor who's about this is and 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 you can tell that some of the the more recent showrunners over the years mm-hmm. have really leaned into that those those little tiny little nuggets of 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 writing from some of the older writers um so when russell t davis was writing some of the later david tennant stuff you can tell that he lent into that whole the doctor being this compassionate hero yeah but then yeah. turning on its head a little bit and being this kind of anti-hero in a way and this you know um uh the doctor 
you know, at the end of The Waters of Mars, you know, when the Doctor mm. has that moment where he's like, you know, sod everything, basically, I'll do what yeah. I want to, you know. So this kind of stuff really is, a, a you can you can just tell a mile off that some of the the more recent showrunners of who are big fans of the classic stuff, which I think all of them are, um, who have watched these stories over the years have been like, okay, this is really good stuff. Let's let's borrow a tiny little piece of mm. this and we'll we'll tweak it and use it. So I, I absolutely yeah. love that end scene you just mm. mentioned. I I always sort of wait for it. It's just such a lovely little well, I wouldn't say speech by the doctor. It's just a it's a lovely moment, isn't it? When he's saying about don't glamorize war. I think it hits home because even now, you know, in the in the day and age we live in, there's still wars raging all over the place. It's hard to believe that humanity still hasn't learned, you know, but it's it's very much still at the core of what Doctor Who's about, you know, don't glamorize war. Um, and yeah. there's a bit as well when he talks about if the battle's lost, if we start thinking like Daleks and things like that, isn't there? It's another nice sort of bit of script. So, yeah, I'm absolutely with you there. Those little moments I just thought were were beautiful and still resonate very strongly <laughs> today. Mm. And like you said, you can absolutely see um, that the writers of Doctor Who in this, even now, pick yeah. up on that. The yeah. Doctor doesn't use guns. He doesn't, you know, violence is always the last option, unless it's the Sixth Doctor. Uh, but <laughs> You know what I mean? But no, the, the core of the Doctor very much is that, isn't he? He's an anti-war. He will try to find any resolution to not use violence, but if he has to, then don't glamorise it. It's not by choice or thing. I think, yeah, it's it's a great message and I, I absolutely adore that end scene with the Doctor and um, what's the character's name? Bernard Horse, Horse yeah. Falls character. Yeah, um, Taron, yeah. Taron, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a lovely moment though. Yeah. yeah, before we get on to some other characters, did you um did you think this looked pretty sweet because all episodes are surviving. They've got the, yeah. the original colour videotapes and to be honest with you, seeing as it's a, it's a, it's all set well, for the most part, it's all set. We did have a little quarry scene, didn't we? Yeah, we had a little quarry when they pushed the Daleks into the um <laughs> into the ice pond. But uh, everything else is uh, is set is on set, and it looks really good. I will say that it, it hmm. some of it because sometimes it can be a bit uh, depending on how it's lit. It can be a bit ropey, hmm. and it can sort of show up some some little uh, visual gremlins and stuff. But other than episode three, which was a uh, they had to recover that from um from a chroma dot version and do some manual oh, right. colorization some of it it looks very very cool mate it's nice and sharp and yeah i mean what are we on at this point in the mid 70s aren't we so yeah it looks uh it looks very cool direction wise though a wee bit static mate done about you yeah it was i did find the direction very static to be honest i it, it felt a little bit dated like if this was a black and white episode do you know what I, mean? I can just it just felt a little bit mm. behind the times in terms of in terms of how television was directed and made then there wasn't much spark to the direction um at all really um but yeah i mean you're right about the picture quality and that it looked it looked sort of fairly good fairly sharp and everything but um yeah it, i think that's the thing i think that's why it was a bit of a slog it just didn't have much spark to the direction um to keep you invested, really. Yeah, no, I read you. And, um, and sticking with production and stuff like that, some of the sets were very cool. Um, they were. I think I just got bored of them. You know what I mean? There wasn't anything wrong with them. Yeah, but after sort of four episodes in that forest set, which is obviously quite small, I think that's the problem. I started, mm. And also uh, the refrigeration. But, I mean, that's quite cool when they, they escape through the... Um, 
the shaft were used in the air balloon thing. I like that. That's quite a cool <laughs> idea. <so> funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, and then they throw rocks down on the Dalek. That's quite cool. Yeah, that but, was so uh, funny. But, that scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the way that she is, is she notices that it's about to stand. He goes, ah, yeah. He does one of his as he grabs the doctor, doesn't it? As he grabs yep. the thing at the side, he gives us one of his hey. clacks. Yikes! That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, great stuff, but. Yeah. But yeah, the sets were nice, mate. I think I just got a bit tired of them. I mean, I love the entrance to the Dalek. It's almost like a, um Egyptian entrance door. An old Mayan kind of stone <laughs> Yes, Yeah, no, I like that yeah. set. That was pretty, pretty was cool. sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. nothing wrong with the sets or anything, but I think I just got bored of them. And it's very jarring after four episodes of, of that set and the studio lighting to then suddenly go to that quarry. I mean, it was nice to actually get on location finally, even though it's only for such a short scene. But it also jarred very much with, I mean, the quarry and the the the, the forest don't really match up at all. It no, doesn't, no. I, like, I just couldn't see how they went from that one to the other. But, you know, not that it bothered me too much, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's mixed feelings because it was nice to finally get out of studio and, and be on location. And it looks to me like they filmed it on film because those scenes looked good. I mean, the Dalek looked so much better on location and film, didn't it? It looked great when they were pushing it into the water. It mm-hmm. looks all shiny and, and, and that. But when you see the Daleks in studio with the studio lights bouncing off their tin lids, they, they look so almost plasticky, uh, which they're not. You know, they just didn't look very good under those studio lights. So it was great to see them finally on location, even if they do get pushed into a swamp because they look so much better yeah yeah on film as well it just makes it look much more classy i think something about film and videotape is you know it's quite a big difference isn't it Mm -hmm. yeah true um so the set the set design was very cool but i do want to touch on very quickly just the sheer uh lack of money to do anything on this story dude mm-hmm. because well, it's probably spent on that ikea cabinet they probably didn't have anything <laughs> left <laughs> cabinet, yeah. um the uh two things really the the thal ship which they spend oh, a bit of time on it's so wobbly isn't it God. you feel like the walls could collapse at any minute on that set what like, were they thinking with that i uh, mean you would you would have oh I, in hindsight it's very easy to be critical but you yeah. would have thought that given the direction the the set makers and stuff they would have you know right okay we're going to have five adults in here mm. <laughs> we need to <laughs> it needs to be somewhat sturdy but mate you just like it's it's you know in some stories where we think oh the tar- that TARDIS prop is just going to collapse in a minute any minute yeah. this, this is that uh, at times a hundred and also it's echoey and terrible mm. so not only can you tell it's really cheap plywood like mdf stuff yeah it, it doesn't do any favors that when they're walking around it's got that big echoey wooden so, so it's meant to be this you know futuristic you know all all metal construction ship from another <laughs> but it just yeah it, it sounds like when you went to look at you know when you go to a garden center and you look inside a shed to see (laughs) yeah exactly it's got that big wooden echoey and the walls are wobbling all over the shop and the handle doesn't work and oh mate so yeah but then the other thing and you did mention this earlier was the daleks mate bloody hell it's like you thought that um you'd you'd have thought that they would have at least just had a once over 
before they took them on set just to make sure that everything's all right but every single dalek prop that is on screen <laughs> yeah. has either got a dent in it or th- it's everything's uneven and stuff doesn't match and the yeah. eye stalk is all chipped and <laughs> they look absolutely awful. battered yeah and yeah. you would and you you think that in episode i think it's four or five you think right okay the supreme dalek's rocked up he's like like the star of the show in terms of how mm-hmm. the daleks look because all the other ones the color scheme's great it's got this really just simple you know black and gray yeah thing quite menacing it looks very cool but you think when the supreme dalek turns up he's looking all gold and flashy is going to be good <laughs> the, the little sort of vertical bars that go around the base of the the top bit they're all the wrong uh, not wrong but they're all an uneven size and they're wonky as That's they've been right, screwed I in that, yeah yeah and you think bloody hell like um the, even back in at this point the daleks have always been viewed as like the doctor's big nemesis right the famous yeah. the famous monster alien from doctor who so oh it's just terrible and uh, when i was doing some research into this um they they built all these out of wood and whatever else they use they look like they've been built out of paper mache and <laughs> sellotape and held together with glue and stuff but mm. what they did was when they um when they finished filming this um they just used these props as bins to house all the other prop material really? <laughs> so once they'd finished using them yeah they were like this is awful but we can't throw them away because we've spent time and money building these props so Dalek bins. they just used to house all the other props and stuff uh for everything else yeah it's crazy mate but it's um i guess when you were watching this back on the back in the day on like a very small or you know square old tube television which was very yeah. fuzzy and everything you you probably weren't too bothered by it but now it's that we good point actually. you know what i mean but now we're watching this yeah. in hd and big old yeah. screens and stuff it highlights you know some of the it's a very but, good shout, actually, mate. Yeah. You're right. Back in the day, you would not be sat there thinking, "Oh, the picture doesn't look very sharp." Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. I guess we're we're just spoiled these days, aren't we, by the quality of it? But yeah. I think it's, the thing is, it does feel because, like you've just said, the Daleks are like a big deal. You know, whenever there's a Dalek story, they know viewers are going to tune in because people just want to see him, especially back in this sort of time, right? The Daleks are back, you know, Planet of the Daleks is in the title. It's, you know, everyone's going to be tuning in, right? So you'd think they'd sort of throw a bit of money at it, and it, it does feel to me like they've absolutely stretched every penny that they've got to mm-hmm. make this because it, it does look really cheap. And you'd, you think, mate, because obviously I don't know how they prioritised the money back then with Doctor Who, but you'd think when they were looking at the stories, you know, Frontier in Space, all right, we'll give that a little bit, but let's save all the big money for the Dalek story. And it doesn't look to me like it's had much money spent on it at all. It looks like they've really had to, they've really struggled to bring this story to the screen, it feels like to me. Like, as nice as the sets are, they still look cheap. Like you said, the the spaceship is wobbling around all over the place. I mean, it is the epitome of a wobbly set. You know, when Mm. when people take the mickey out of Doctor Who for wobbly sets, that is the epitome of it. So it it does feel like it it didn't have much money, this story. You know, and it's a relatively small cast. Um, The only thing I would say is they do make... I get the feeling there's about six Daleks props. I might be wrong, but it does make it feel like there's a lot more. They do stack them up and make it so mm-hmm. there's quite often scenes where you've got six Daleks in one shot yeah, even if they're just yeah. stood around a, a, a control panel in the ship or whatever so it, it it does make it look like there's more Daleks than they had which is good so you do get the feeling there's a Dalek army and 
I thought, this is weird, I thought in my memory, you know, you mentioned the model shot where the Doctor looks through that sort of opening and there's all the Daleks there waiting mm. to be awoken. In my mind, I always remember that looking terrible. But actually, it does look really good. It's It's got a real charm to it. I actually really liked that shot last night. And yet, the opposite of that, in my memory, I thought the Supreme Dalek, I remember him looking great. Yeah. And when he wheeled out last night... <laughs> I thought how rubbish he looked. I was like, oh, God, he's got a blimmin' great big torch in his eye, which looks tacky. Um, like you said, mm. the gold and the panels are all, you know, different shapes. And I was like, oh, he doesn't look anywhere near as good as I remembered him. You know, sorry, Supreme. Sorry, but, Supreme. So, yeah, it's yeah. weird. There were things <laughs> I remembered being bad that looked much better than I remembered. Um, and there must be another story, because I'm sure there were... I was waiting for a scene of these toy Daleks that get blown up. And I remember them looking terrible because they, they were the, completely the wrong shape. They were like the Dalek toys you could get in the 60s and they were sort of being destroyed. And I was sure it was this story, but don't know. I must be getting confused because I didn't see any bad shots like that. So I'm not sure. But yeah, there were things that looked good and there were things that very much didn't look good. But it surprised me how, how cheap... Not cheap... But it surprised me that the budget wasn't thrown more at this story than perhaps some of the others because it didn't look like it had a lot of money thrown at it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, what it looked was like after? it was made on a shoestring. Yeah, so we're frontier in space before, and what was after? Uh, Green Death. So, oh, great. see, that's got a lot of locations, isn't it? Green Death. Yeah, true. If I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Supreme Dalek dude. Yeah, that was a prop that was gifted to Terry Nation after Dalek's <laughs> invasion of Earth from really? the sixties. And in order to make it more unique, I suppose, versus the other standard Daleks, they just whipped the stalk off and they just bought a torch from B&Q. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's exactly, yeah. It. yeah, it's just a standard torch and they just wired it so it flashes when it speaks. And Blimey. You know. Yeah, it just doesn't look very good. I don't know, maybe back in the day, Supreme. like you said, we were probably spoilt back in 1973. Maybe it looked great, but yeah, didn't he, he was a bit of a letdown last night when he yeah. rocked up, I've got to admit. The last thing before we talk about some characters, mate, there were some very, very snazzy fur coats in this one. Very snazzy. I want one of them. Cool. Need one of them for the winter. They look lovely and warm. Cozy. <laughs> they really do look good, actually. Yeah. yeah. So these are the big um, purpley, dark purple maroon coloured yes. furs that the, um, that the uh, what are Spirod- they called? What are they called? Spyrodons. Spyrodons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they're in, because they've, they've got this power of invisibility they uh in order for the daleks to know and you know to keep tabs on them they need to be visible in some way so they don these very big fur capes or coats whatever you want to call them and they make a a a very frequent appearance throughout the entire story they um you know once you start rocking through episode three and you see all of them sort of moseying around and then um uh, Codal and the Doctor put them on at another point and then the Doctor puts them on again and then Taran uses them and you see, yeah, they're in it a lot. So they mm-hmm. maybe that's the budget, mate, getting all those, those coats. Those coats, yeah, because they must have had about half a dozen of them. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. That's what it was. Yeah. They were like, right, we've got a massive budget and someone come back from from some street in London, Carnaby Street, and said, yeah, we've got yeah. all these coats. Where's yeah. the money gone? They're only um, £1,000 each. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Designer, designer Spyrodon uh, coats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Took up the budget. And it all makes sense now. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, let's get on to some characters then. Yeah. So the um, the, uh, the 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 voice of the of the Spyrodon that helps Joe. Um, what's his name? Wester. I think so. Yeah, Roy Skelton. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, is he Zippy? He's Zippy. Yeah. Oh, it is Zippy. Yeah, he was George oh, as well. Right. Zippy yeah. and George. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I didn't realise it was that. <laughs> 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 oh, Zippy. <laughs> Hello, George. Yeah, he was, um, his voice was really good. His voice was really good. You know, sometimes where you have the whole whisper thing and you think, ah, oh, it's a bit creepy. This was yeah. actually really good. There was some range. I didn't realise it was him under there. In the whisper, yeah. <laughs> so um, he was good. Although you never saw him, although you saw him under some makeup. I don't know if that was... Roy oh, Skelton I liked not, that bit, but, you know. Yeah. Well, when, when we finally saw the Spyrodon un- Unvisible. Mm. That was good. I liked that bit. Yeah. I wonder if that was Roy Skelton. Yeah, it's a good shout, because I didn't realise it was him doing the voice. Mm. Maybe. I'd like to think it was. Yeah. And then he got up, took that mask off, and then straight into Zippy's costume to film in the, in the studio next door. Who was he in The Five Doctors, then? Oh, God, I don't know. Who Five was he? Doctors. Five Doctors? Yeah. Roy Skelton. Apparently. Was he the Dalek? Because there's a Dalek in it. Ah, he was the Dalek voice, yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Roy Do Skelton. Yeah. 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 Right, anyway, he was cool. Roy Skelton, voice of, of Wester, was very cool. Yeah. Uh, right, the human, the Thal, the Thal crew that was there, mm-hmm. led by Taron, by a play by Bernard Horfsall. What did you think to him? Because bloody hell, he's been in a few things over he's the decades. He's been in loads of Doctor Who's yeah. as well, hasn't he? He's popped up a few times in Who. Loads, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in The Deadly Assassin, The War yeah. Games. Uh, Mind Robber. The Mind Robber. He's in some Big Finish stuff as well. Dav- he appeared Is in he? The, the story Davros, yeah, for Big Finish oh, and stuff. Yeah, he's, uh, he's been in loads of things. Was he in Zed yeah. Cars? Let's, let's well, make sure surely. he's legit. Let's have a look. No, I don't oh, think so, bud. No? Nah. Good grief. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that does surprise me. Yeah. He uh, got his uh, got his money's worth out of Doctor Who, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the last thing I saw him in? I think he was in... Oh, he was in Braveheart. He was good in Braveheart. Was he? Yeah. All right. Anyway, he was good in this. He, he had a really cool... Uh, as the leader of the gang, so to speak, he had a very cool... Uh, level of humanity about him never once did he that never once did he have that kind of we're just gonna you know our our overarching mission is to destroy the daleks that was never it it was literally just to survive yeah you know he just wanted to survive and then as the doctor as he started to trust the doctor more and then started to rely on him to a certain degree as the story went on there was that kind of glimmer of hope wasn't there that they actually might get home especially when uh, I think it's Marat or Weber tell him about the Dalek ship that they could accost and, and get home. And so, yeah, he was he played it with a real sense of heart, which is really cool. So he, I think he mm. read Termination script and thought, yeah, this is not just your average gung ho, you know, humans versus Daleks. It's more about survival and humanity. So yeah, I think he played that really well, Bernard Horsell. Yeah, I, I like him as an actor, you know, and I think it's just because I do associate him with some of the good Doctor Who stories. You know, he, he's got a, a very recognisable face, so I instantly think of him as Gulliver in the mind, Robbie, you know, when he's wandering yeah, around yeah. and he has some nice scenes with Pat Trout. And, so, and obviously, yeah, the war games, he's, he's one of the, 
Time Lords, isn't he? Yeah. Um, when Pat regenerates. So, yeah, he's, he's a nice actor. I think he's just got something about him um, that, like you said, he, the tone of his voice and the look of him and everything, he, he's... Um, yeah, he's very watchable, I think, Bernard Horse for as an actor. He, he brings a bit of heart to it. I think you're right. There's a, there's a warmth to him. Um, yes, I like him. I think he was good. Good casting. Yeah, that is cool. What about um, Tim Priest as Codal? There was a there's a nice scene with him when Codal gets captured. and then, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he's in the cell, and then later on the Doctor gets captured and thrown in the same cell. And there's a nice scene with those two where... Um, yeah, he's kind of got the attitude of, well, you know, the game's up. Mm, you know, now yes. we've been captured. It's uh, We're obviously going to be killed. And the doctor's like, well, you know, don't worry. Let's use our intelligence. And, um, and you know, they build the little uh, the little contraption, you know, so the oh, doctor yeah. can, you know, when that Dalek comes through, I'm going to reverse the polarity. And, okay. Oh, he has to get it in there, doesn't and, he? And do this yeah. and do that. So that's a, that was a really cool moment. And that took up quite a, quite a chunk of the episode, those two, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in the cell together. And then he's quite cool. As the as the episode goes on, there's a scene with him and Taron where he doesn't agree with what Taron's about to do. He sees an opportunity to, That's right, yes. you know, to take the bombs and and, and blow them up. And, and later on, he apologises. He's like, "Look, I'm sorry about earlier." <laughs> they have a bit of a ruckus, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. Taron's like, ah, "Don't worry about it, you little whippersnapper." <laughs> it's all good. So yeah, he was cool actually. Tim Priest, yeah, it's a nice little yeah. character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's have a look. No other Doctor Who for him. No don't think so no he's a cool actor though I'm, i don't recognize him from anything else but no i um, don't either to be fair he was cool uh what about jane howe then as rebeck yeah jane i th- always think she's in this more than she is you know i thought um because she's a lovely character and we do get that nice scene um with her and um taron but yes yeah, weird and again my my memory of this story is not what it was because I thought she was in this a lot more and I thought she had more scenes with Katie for some reason, but she doesn't get that much to do. Um, but the, mm. but the scene she's in, I think she's really lovely. I, I wish we had got to know her character a bit more because we've got six episodes to get to know these people, but yeah, I don't know. She just, she was good though. I like, I like the scene she's in. I just, yeah, in yeah. my mind, just thought she got more stuck into the action than she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, true. She's still with us as well, Jane Howe. Yeah, I, I met her at a Phantom uh, oh, last year. Can't remember now. I've lost track of time. And uh, she was lovely. Really, really nice person. Yeah, still rocking and rolling. She's all good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, she was cool. I liked her character, and um, it was a nice scene with her and Taron. Yeah. When he's like, "Are oh, you stupid? What are you <laughs> doing? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what are you doing here?" <laughs> uh, and then another couple we had, uh, which was the he was the guy that gets killed early on was it oh, Faber? I was going to ask you was it is it Cordell I was going to ask you which one not Cordell no I think it's no. Faber I, th- I think it's Faber oh Prentice Hancock yeah I think so I could I could be wrong you know what or we're is, like no is he the one that the, I don't know I get confused but yeah you know what we're like with like <laughs> names. character names and all that <laughs> um, but uh, yeah he was um, he was actually really cool we had a uh, so Prentice Hancock um, great name by the way yeah um, I'm sure I'm sure he dies is it he who dies it might be Has somebody he been else. Been in other mate? Doctor Who's as well. I feel like he's been in a he's in a fourth Doctor one as well. So I might no, be wrong. Faber doesn't die. No, he doesn't die. No, one of them no, dies. He's the one at the end that's he's yeah. He's just a sort of a nice guy, isn't he? That's at the end. Yeah, that's, that's, that's him, it, the other yeah. one. Um, 
but no, he was cool. Um, he was cool. He was. He didn't have as much to do as somebody like Codal or or Taron, obviously. Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, he was cool. I think it's. Uh, yeah, one of them dies. Don't they? I can't remember who it is. Plan- Planet of Evil. Um, Prentice Hancock's in. I knew he was in the Fourth Doctor story, and uh, oh, he's oh, in okay. the Robots Operation as well. There you go. Oh, okay. So he's done a couple of Doctor Who's. He's almost giving Bernard Horsfall a run for yeah. his money, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the one that dies, I don't know, mate. Yeah, Maybe it's later. yeah. I can't remember his name. The one that because he's got a bit of a he's a bit of a lad, isn't he? Wants to get stuck in and give the Daleks what for, and you kind of can see it coming that he's going to be the one that yeah. gets um, exterminated. Yeah, I think that's later. You know, Alan Tucker. Because I'm yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain. There's a scene at the end where you know, where the Doctor says to Taron about you know, no, Latep's the one that um, Joe falls for. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh man! So by by thing of elimination, maybe it's Marat. Marat, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Who then. knows? The they listeners know. will know. They'll know. The listeners will know. They'll be screaming like, "What are yeah. you guys doing?" <laughs> you guys are useless. Yeah, yeah, they'll know. Katie Manning, then she's very sweet in this one, dude. Very, isn't yes. she? There yep. are some stories where she's just heart meltingly sweet, and when she jumps to Wester's defence, and even when she knows that she's not going to. She's not going to go off with Latep or anything like that. They're holding hands most of the time when they're mm. trying to evade the Daleks, and they're they you know nice little smile to each other and stuff. And I don't know, even when she's scared and you know she's just so sweet, Katie Manning. She's most stories she's like that anyway, but in this one she's very sweet, and um, she's actually in it quite a lot. Uh, I, she's in it more than I remembered anyway, but she's very good, dude. She is, and her and the Doctor are split up from the majority of the story, aren't they? They're, yeah. they're not together a lot in this, so it gives Katie um, a bit of screen time to herself to do things. And she is very sweet in a way, and it really struck me that her performance and her character has, has had a real subtle development, actually. If you think about the, the she's she seems more mature in this story. You know, she's sort of got a little bit of a romance thing going on there, and... And it's just in a performance. It's a subtle difference. But if you compare it to the Joe Grant we meet in Terror of the Autons, where she's almost sort of um, childlike, mm-hmm. but in a charming way, mm-hmm. she's definitely matured and, and grown on screen into the character and is um, slight, just slightly more grown up, if you know what I mean. It's, there's, a, there's a subtle difference between, you know, her early Joe Grant and the Joe Grant we're seeing now. And obviously in the next story, we know that she'll be... Uh, staying on earth and leaving the series so but it is a lovely performance i think there's there's a bit of depth to it you can see there's emotion going on in the character especially in that end scene where she sort of takes control and uh puts the picture of the planet earth on the screen says that's where i want to go she's quite sort of Mm. you know um demanding if you like so it's it's, it's, this yeah it's a lovely performance of katie it's quite a layered performance from her i think she really takes what's on the page and, and goes for it and gives it something. So, yeah, it's a lovely performance. Yeah, defo. And it's almost upsetting as well. Upsetting, but it's emotional, isn't it? When, because you know that the next story, The Green Death, is her last one. And she she stays on Earth. Doesn't she meet someone in that story as well? Doesn't she yeah, fall for she someone? does, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, What's his name? She, she falls for a dude, doesn't she? Yeah, because she married uh, Stuart Bevan in real life. So it's, it's Clifford Jones is the character, isn't it? Professor Clifford Jones. Clifford Jones, uh, Played by him. Stuart Bevan. And I think yeah. him and Katie did get married in real life. And 
although they divorced, they were friends for right up until his death. They were very good friends. So it's quite sweet. I like that. I, like, I sort of like it when mm-hmm. uh, real life uh, mirrors what's on the screen a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. at the end of the green death when the doctor drives don't, off in Bessie. Oh, don't. God. I'm trying to think. And we, and we lost um, dear Stuart Bevan we did, uh, quite recently yeah. and he was a lovely lovely man yeah so Aww. there we go so yeah she will they will go off together um in the next story and the doctor <sighs> will drive off in bessie in the sunlight yeah. oh mate yeah but maybe she was thinking all this i mean that's what i mean i think you can see there is emotion going on in katie's performance in this and i'm assuming it was filmed before the green death so i'm thinking you know she's probably using that to to sort of put some emotion into performance i would think yeah yeah what did we we what did we give the green death many moons ago Ooh, i don't know i remember liking it yeah that was uh back in episode 100 and oh 100 and something uh let's have a look the green death what did we give it uh probably I, an eight i gave it a seven you gave it an eight there you go. That was a sheer, sheer guess, but I'm just thinking that's probably what I'd rate it off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that ending though, mate. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Joe Grant, very, very cool character, and uh, Katie Manning's very, very cool. Yes. In this one, uh, and then Mr. Pertwee. Then. Mm. So. Um, hmm. I've seen it. I've seen. I've enjoyed him in other stories more than this. However, mm. he was still very good. He was yeah, very good still. I, I, I think that's fair. I'd absolutely agree with that. There are there are moments in this story where he's absolutely fantastic, like the not glamorizing war speech and things like that. The bit when they're going up in the shaft, he, he seems um he's just he's quite fun in those scenes where he seems to be enjoying it. But he does seem slightly um reserved he at does. times. Yeah. It, um I wouldn't say disinterested. But I don't, I don't get the feeling he was really a hundred percent like in this story. It, 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 there's definitely a reserved tone to his performance in some scenes. That's not to say he's not good in it, because he still is. But yeah, it's um, I don't know. It's a slightly, slightly more reserved performance from Pertwee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's great that he finds time to f- change clothes um, after nearly dying of. Um, you know, he's ill, the air's been sucked out of the TARDIS, but he does find time to change costumes in episode one. <laughs> Why would you? I mean, what is going on? But uh, no, joking aside, it's still a lovely performance from Pertwee, and he does deliver some great moments in it. But um, yeah, I think there are better Third Doctor stories. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. The next one being one of them. Yeah, he's really good in The Green Death. Yes, really, he is. That's really what I mean. Yeah, he seems a bit more into it in, mm. in you know, stories like that. Yeah. One thing but, I will say about Pertwee's Doctor, I've, I've no idea if he's written this way because it seems to be a consistent thing across various writers if they just write him this way or whether John Pertwee does this. Mm. But every single time a character comes on screen and says that they've done something like, I've planted the bomb, Doctor, or I've done this, he's always so polite. When anyone comes on screen and updates mm. on what's happened, he's always like, thank you, Jay. Or he's like, yeah. you know, thank you. So he's, he's always got that. He, he's such a likable. I, don't, I, I think that's John Pertwee, you know, mm. because it doesn't matter what writer's writing the story. He's always does that. And I don't know. He's just got a very, and he's like that in this. But like you said, there was uh, quite a few times where you think, he, would he normally have gone for it a little bit more? 
if perhaps he was into the story a bit more or, you know, I don't know. But yeah, we do have a few little hates and, yes. you know, and there's no fisticuffs really, but... Um, I just know he yeah. wasn't a fan of the Daleks, and I don't know if I'm if that's just Probably making that's it, it yeah. biased in my mind because I'm thinking maybe he wasn't that bothered about the story, but he, yeah, he wasn't a fan of the Dalek stories, was he? He always says they were, said they were a boring villain, but um, but he, he has got a lovely charm to him, hasn't he, John Pertwee? And I find it interesting that in this day and age, he's very popular with fan base because, and I say that because in a way, he's quite an old fashioned doctor you know he talks quite posh he he can be a little bit condescending to women like why don't you go make a cup of tea joe and all that so there are there are elements to him that nowadays people seem to go against um but i think because he's got that lovely charm and he is so polite it rounds off that sort of old-fashioned side of his doctor so i'm glad that he's popular because i think he's great but do you know what i'm trying to get out like yes, nowadays totally. you'd think people yeah. would turn against him because he represents the sort of old school you know, a little bit posh, British, although he's an alien, obviously he's the Doctor, but you know what I mean? Yeah, John like Pertwee him. has got that side of him. Like mm. a lot of the characters that are around him are very old school British and things that we, you know, perhaps not necessarily click with the world we live in today. So it always surprises me that he is still so highly regarded in that sense, but I'm glad that he is because I, I think he's a charming Doctor. He's got a lot of charm to him. Yeah, and I think that's just... Um through the the huge amounts of behind the scenes and interviews and everything that you that we've seen of any actor or writer or producer anybody that's been involved with Doctor Who or Wurzel Gummidge or anything at mm. all nobody ever has a bad word to say about John Pertwee ever no that's true I think what, you know? what I'm trying to get at is nowadays with fan, the fan base it's very quick to pick up on anything and turn against you know, a doctor for it. So a lot of people will accuse Hartnell, for example, of being this, that and the other. And, you know, they will find the littlest thing to not yeah, like a doctor. Right, yeah. You know, oh, Hartnell's doctor was was um, sexist. Hartnell's doctor was this. And I think um, it always surprises me that that section of the fan base hasn't turned on Pertwee for being old school, um, you know, talking to women in a certain way and all that sort of thing. His doctor, I mean, not John Pertwee. Yeah. So it always yeah. surprises me that they embrace his doctor as much as they do knowing what certain sections of the fandom are like for just finding stuff like this which is of its time and and absolutely going against it do you know what i mean so I'm, what i'm saying is i'm glad they have them because i think they see the charm to his doctor and, and past the sort of datedness mm-hmm. of it if you if that makes sense i don't know yeah definitely mate. yeah and that's what um yeah that's what i was alluding to it's yeah be- because he's such a a, a lovable likable person that just comes through naturally as he's playing characters yeah i think you're right you know yeah. so it, it's very very difficult e- even if you were even if you align yourself with whatever part of fandom and think whatever you think about um uh, classic television and characters and stuff of its time mm-hmm. it's still very difficult to form any kind of negative opinion about john pertwee's doctor because he's so you know even when he's telling joe to go and make the tea you know which is a a thing of its time um and is not okay to assume that the female character would just be there to make the tea of course mm. it's difficult to be like well i don't know what i'm trying to say it, uh, it's just because he's so warm-hearted and likable yeah you get the feeling that yeah i don't know we could speak a lot about that stuff 
Um, we'll, but yeah, we'll save that one for the pub. But yeah, no, pub, I'm just yeah. I'm just glad he's you know knowing how things get picked apart these days, yes. and a lot of the Pertwee yeah. era, I think, has a sort of old style Britishness to it that perhaps is out of you know uh, out of favour these days. I'm surprised it doesn't get picked to pieces, and I'm glad it doesn't because it's it's a wonderful era. Yeah, of course, yeah, and it's um you know it's not our job to. Uh, uh, to comment good or bad on that stuff it's more mm. commentary right it's more yeah. about you know anyway well yeah that's a pub thing that's <laughs> a pub thing um i've got nothing else in my notes other than dudley simpson's music was um pretty sweet on this one i i remember uh there's one theme that always plays when the daleks are, are ready to sort of rock and roll which is pretty mm. cool and there's another couple of nice little there's there's no big identifiable themes as such but there are some some nice pieces of music that play um, when you know the when it's time to escape or when it's time to run and when it's time to to do that stuff, but yeah, just classic Dudley, really. Yeah, yeah, I noticed a few little music scores which were quite nice. Uh, what I noticed more than the music actually was I really loved the sound effect for the Daleks' gun. I don't know why, I just oh, loved yeah. that. It was such an over the top weird sound. It's <laughs> like, is that? Has that been used in any other story or is that unique to just this story? Because I don't remember the Dalek gun sounding like that, but I could be completely wrong. Maybe that's how it sounded in the early stories. I'm not sure. But it's a weird mm. sound, isn't it? It's sort of a blah, 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 blah. It's a, I don't know. It's got, it's got unique, something to it? it that I just loved it every time they fired. I'm like, I love that sound effect. Mm, it's definitely a unique sound. Yeah, it goes on for quite a long time mm. as well. It's not a zap, is it? It's not a, you know, like in the sort of 80s era, it's just a... You know, this is uh, almost like a full 30-second blast of whatever's going on there. Yeah, and it's the old-school Daleks as well that have got the little things that pop out. Yes, those weird little... little yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, yeah, the music was fine. <laughs> I, and yeah, I liked the gun sound effect. Yeah. Anything else on your notes, dude? <laughs> no, not really. I, I, the only thing I, was, I wanted to say was I noticed that the spacesuits in this, which you mentioned earlier, just by strange coincidence, and the listeners will know... I have a feeling that it's the same spacesuit that um, uh, I forgot the character's name. You know, last week when we reviewed the Android Invasion, the guy with the eye patch. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the same spacesuit. I'm sure he was Ooh. wearing one of those when you know when he's coming back to Earth. Yeah, sure, that was that same suit. Cause it's the same color, same thing. But listeners will know if that's if that's true. I I think it's popped up in another story as well. I'm pretty sure those spacesuits have have been around. Probably right, know. dude. Yeah. Yeah. But I just thought it was coincidence. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure we saw that suit last week. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. But yeah. no, nothing else on my notes, mate, I don't think. Okie dokie. Time for scores. Whose turn is it to go first? Uh, I think it's you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. me this week. I'm going to go with a seven. Okay. Um, yep. I think it's a, a good story, just over, over long um, and a bit of a slog. <laughs> but, but I did enjoy it. I mean, I don't think it's bad by any means. I. I did did still enjoy it overall, mm-hmm. but could easily have cut out a couple of episodes and yeah. wouldn't even notice. Okay, well, um, I'm a seven as well, bud. Oh, you're a seven as well. Cool. Yeah, cool, yeah. Cool. I think it is a it is a good watch for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Um, yeah. It's a decent watch, and it just falls foul a little bit of the story not being full enough. There's not enough substance there to to sort of capture your 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 attention over six eps. Mm. Um, and the the budget is, and the condition of the Dalek props and stuff yeah. like that is shocking. So, it, you know, I'm not going to go any, any higher than a seven, but it's still an enjoyable watch, though. I think, mm. 
And for those scenes that I mentioned earlier, they're so good. The human elements of the story is really cool. It's almost like you forget it's a Dalek story. It's almost more about the human stuff. Yeah. Which I guess was the point. So mission accomplished on that aspect, mm-hmm. I guess. Okay, so sevens all round from us. Then what did our our awesome listeners think? Over on the Twitter, Will Sanger says, probably one of the worst of the Pertwee era. Oh. Whilst the Doctor has some nice moments, it feels like a repeat of the Daleks with half of the energy of that story. The plot structure, story beats and f- stakes feel too similar. And the Thal characters are incredibly dull. Oh, Will. Oh. Will not happy. Matt Price says 10 out of 10. Wow. It's just a wonderful Contrast. story that never feels over long and hits all the right feelings. Wow, nice one, Matt. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who Home. Owen says, two parts too long. There's yeah. a lot of mucking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of mucking about, especially in part one. And while I do enjoy the early parts, I feel the story would benefit from getting going sooner. It's nation by numbers. Mm-hmm. We need to trademark that dude nation by numbers nation yeah. by numbers yeah. uh, but it's nice seeing pertwee in a 60s-esque story that supreme is the boba fett of doctor who <laughs> seven <laughs> out of ten from owen uh alternate 13th says i can't use the first word i'll just say beep uh, right. nation trying to redo an already boring story works for the first two parts really then they mm. escape and do nothing for two episodes before remembering it needs final act leading to a rushed ending and wastes a great design and leaves things uh, things feeling unfinished a two out of ten a two ah, two uh, our writer jordan says not a favorite of mine unfortunately would have made a good four-parter but like many terminations scripts it doesn't do anything new We've got Daleks, radiation, Thals, companions hurting themselves, etc. Fortunately, the cast saved this one, but only just. Yeah, okay. Edward Galuli, Terry Nation by numbers. Another one. Terry Nation by numbers, but reasonably entertaining. Who doesn't love an ice volcano? Seven out of ten. Those sets look good. I forgot to say that. Those ice caves. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're probably the best set in it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. This is from the Who Can Convince You podcast. Uh, those guys uh, so my number one story i adore everything wow. about it for me it's the most doctor Who-y story ever mm. daleks invisible aliens jungle planets killer plants spaceships bacteria bomb strong companion strong doctor it's fantastic 10 out of 10 10 out of 10 wow nice one thank you guys uh paul jobbo says the doctor and joe have obviously nipped to mfi over the easter weekend and got some handy <laughs> flat pack furniture for the tardis yeah <laughs> the invisible dalek is very exciting although odd it does not leave an imprint in the sand until it stops yeah i thought that also odd is the doctor's shock reaction when he sees that it is a dalek and he came to spyrodon to find the daleks hmm yeah i love this when broadcast and still do now interesting to see how joe has developed she is quite tough now Nine mm. spaying plants out of ten. <laughs> you get me one Very of those cool. plants. Yeah. Cheers, Paul, and everyone else who commented over on the Twitter. And we had just a few over on Facebook. Toby Coleman says, something didn't click on this watch, which is a shame mm. as there is a lot of really cool concepts. From the fungoids to the molten ice volcano. I forgot that they called them that. The fungoids. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, fungoids. Uh, there are a lot of good ideas that should work. However, I can't get into the story. The cast were decent as always. I think the story feels a little bit too similar to the first Dalek story. Yeah. And is a bit long for me. Oh, well, I give it six, but this could change on subsequent watches. Yeah, I think you're about right. Uh, Charlie Turner says, the greatest of the three Pertwee Dalek stories, really? or four if you count 
towards the end of Frontier in Space. This is one story that, despite its many similarities to the very first Dalek story, it's underrated as heck, I guess. That's the only things that I'm not too fond of is the quote-unquote fungus on Joe's arm in that one scene. It looks so disgusting, even for the classic series, and waiting all the way to episode six to see the Supreme um, Dalek. If you ask me, that's... uh, then that is a bit of wasted. But epic design and potential, other than those, a great story, a 9 out of 10. Wow, Charlie likes it. Uh, And then lastly, Dave Paul Morgan says, uh, very much enjoying this rewatch. Always a pleasure to watch Joe, uh, John, sorry, and Katie together. And I Mm -hmm. also like the Thals, played by several Doctor Who alumni. Uh, Good continuity, linking the Doctor's dead planet adventure in the mythology to the Thals. Uh, Joe is very obviously keen on on Latep, the young Thal she meets. However, does this mean she's on the rebound when she falls for Cliff Jones in the oh, next no. adventure? <laughs> no, don't say that. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yes, Dave, I think, um, I think she, yeah, Adam doesn't want to think of her like that, being on the rebound. No, but, she but probably you've got is, the idea in my head now. Yeah. Uh, okay so scores wise dude this is hard to put an average on it because it swings so massively we had we had somebody not even giving a score at all a score at all just saying beep uh and then uh somebody else giving it a two and then a few people giving it tens we've given it sevens so let's say the average is a six yeah yeah we're kind of on the fence aren't we we're in the middle yeah it's interesting charlie said it was his favorite part part with dalek story because i he had three or four, didn't he? He had the one with the three. Ogrons. Yeah. And then, what was the other one? The Silver Daleks, where they can't fire. Remember, their gun doesn't work. So there's that one. That oh, yeah. Death, that was Death Day, of the of, Day of the Daleks. Is it Day of the Daleks? Well, so, Day uh, of the Daleks is the Ogrons one. Oh, anyway, the Ogrons one, right. Yeah, I think, uh, to be honest with you, I think I prefer either of that. I think I actually like the one with the Silver Daleks. Anyway, oh, that's Death to the Daleks. Death that's... to the Daleks. Yeah, I haven't watched that in a long time, but I seem to remember liking that. But anyway. Yeah, John Pertwee must have been miffed with that because <laughs> he's done <laughs> he Planet of the Daleks and then he's only got three stories and then he's back to another Dalek story with that oh, one. Oh, really? So there's only three stories later? Oh, wow. Yeah, The Green Death, The Time Warrior, Invasion of the Dinosaurs and then into Death to the Daleks. Considering he wasn't a Dalek fan. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh God. Poor John. Poor old John. Poor John. Anyways, that was um, that was uh, Planet of the Daleks. Planet. Thank you very much, everybody. Next week, bud, what have we got? Next week, oh, mate, we've got another six-parter. Oh, God. I think, well, I think <laughs> it's a six-parter. I don't know. It's a long time since I've watched it. Is it a six? Who knows? Uh, but this one is going to be... <laughs> this one, you might need the matches to keep your eyes open, but we'll see. It might be better than we remember. Uh, it's a first Doctor story. <laughs> And it's the web planet next week. The web planet. The oh, web planet. Man. Yeah. Oh wow. Jesus. Wow. We Christ. are really rocking out the six parters at the moment. We've we are, obviously mate. left them all till last, haven't we? <laughs> dude. So anyway, yes, this is six parts, dude. But it, it does is, include yeah, it such Doctor Who classics such as the Zabi, Escape to Danger, Invasion, etc. Mm. We'll get through it, mate. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, right anyway Uh, what's this one in Uh, the Monoptra the Monoptra yeah yes and a giant pot of Vaseline for the lens (laughs) (laughs) right the web planet next week then that'll be good and until then let's wrap then for episode 377 alrighty 
Thank you, thank you very much for listening to episode 377. It was cool to uh, to watch through and review uh, Planet of the Daleks. Yeah. And some uh, some interesting scores from our listeners as well. Some not liking it, some loving it, so that's all good. Next week, we're going to go back to the first Doctor era. Uh, back to uh, the mid-60s, I think, for the web planet. Web so, um, planet. Get BritBox fired up or your DVDs out for that one because we'll be asking for your thoughts and your reviews as always. In the meantime, make sure you are following or subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. That way you won't miss an episode when it lands every single Friday along with the roundtable episodes that go out every month and the, um, the February one dropped last night so you can catch up with those as well we are on the um on the socials instagram twitter and facebook there are links on the website which is big blue box podcast at co.uk or just do a search for us on there you'll find us on there come and connect give us a like and a follow as we um chat doctor throughout the week uh, we're also on mastodon as well so um pop over there if you're on there and uh and say hello we have a free discord server as well link is on the website hop in there and chat doctor who with lots of other cool doctor who fans and while you're on the website reads the um all the reviews and articles from our awesome writing team go and check that out also don't forget to remember to check out adam's channel over on youtube the geeks handbag the geeks handbag yes go and check out my youtube channel also on the socials facebook twitter and instagram and a few tiktoks as well yeah oh yes god i hate that (laughs) why is that app so popular but yes i am on it indeed yes until next time go and do all the things we'll see you then my name's gary my name's adam and remember hey